Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital No Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you traveling the world. I'm in uh, Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia in South America currently, and we have our guest today, Megan, who's actually in the capital of Australia, and it's not Sydney. A lot of people think the capital of Australia is Sydney. It's actually Canberra, and it's part of the Australian Capital Territory, ACT. And uh, uh, she's going to actually sharing about her travels uh, from Australia to around the world and about her really popular award-winning blog called Mapping Megan. Um, so uh, to start off with Megan, why don't we get to know you a little bit better for the sake of the listeners and the viewers? So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, well, hi, thanks for having me here. Um, so I'm Megan and I'm a world traveler now. So um, I've always loved travel and my first trip overseas was in 2007. So probably about 10 years ago now. That makes me feel super, super, super old. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I've been traveling for about 10 years. I started when I was fresh out of high school. Um, I'm from Australia and it's a really big thing here to take a gap year. So like in between high school and university, we run off and kind of travel the world and supposed to get that out of our systems before we start like a normal life. So, you know, like you go to university, you get married, you have kids, then you kind of buy the house, you get your mortgage, you get your debts, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so I have been traveling since 2007. Um, and when I came back, I just wasn't willing to accept that travel um, was out of the picture. So I kept doing it throughout university, studied overseas, volunteered overseas, just really fell in love with the travel experience. And then I realized um, in about 2013 that people were actually doing this for a career now. Um, and that blew my mind because that was kind of so far out of context of what I had kind of grown up to believe was possible. Um, so, yeah, so I started a travel blog and really threw myself into creating that into a professional brand. And now I'm fortunate enough that um, the travel blog is our full time income and we're location independent. So um, we can kind of travel when we please and as we like and kind of work from the road from our laptops as digital nomads. Well, that's the whole reason we brought you on the show, Megan, because our uh, podcast is Digital Nomad Mastery. We love interviewing fellow bloggers, especially people who are making a full-time income at it. Uh, a lot of bloggers struggle with that, so we'll be talking about uh, your revenue stream for your blog. Um, but before we uh, go there, I'd love to hear more about your travels. Uh, tell us about some of your favorite destinations and sightseeing adventures you've been on, um, you know, in Australia or anywhere around the world so far. Yeah, so we just actually got back from our big dream trip, was which was Antarctica, um, and that was super incredible. I highly recommend it if you have the opportunity for anybody. Um, we're huge lovers of kind of wildlife and outdoor adventure and nature, so this was like really our dream trip. Just the landscapes were phenomenal, and we did camping out on the ice one of the nights. <laughs> so we actually gave up our warm, comfortable rooms on the cruise ship just to kind of like pitch a tent on the ice on the top of this huge iceberg and just the silence was just incredible. Um, so yeah, Antarctica was probably the biggest destination on my bucket list and probably our most exciting adventure to date. Um, but yeah, we've done quite a lot. My husband, Mike, is from the States, so we've done quite a lot of North and South America. And now that we've moved, we've relocated to Australia, we're focusing on this region of the world, so kind of the Asia-Pacific area, really looking forward to, we're hoping to get to Borneo um, later this year, so get into the jungles and all that fun stuff. Well, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> um, Antarctica is definitely on the high on the bucket list of a lot of people, including mine. I've been to 68 countries on six continents, and the only continent I'm still missing is Antarctica. So I'm Antarctica. looking for on seven continents soon. No, so you'll have to take a sign, and you can hold it up and snap a snapshot of that. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. Hashtag 70 countries, seven continents. Uh, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, Meg, uh, tell us about how you ended up doing the Antarctica trip because uh, it is actually quite expensive from what I've heard. I think like 5,000 US and up per person. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you handled it uh, from a financial standpoint, but also uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the trip. How does it work? Uh, where do you leave home? How long is it? Uh, yeah, give us a breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. So Antarctica is an expensive destination and we had kind of had the idea that we would save up for a while and actually do it at the end of this year. Um, but then during that savings process, we're actually fortunate enough that a cruise company reached out to us and wanted coverage through the blog. Um, so our trip our trip to Antarctica was comped in exchange for coverage and writing articles and all of that kind of fun stuff and covering the actual experience for our blog and social media channels. Um, so that was just absolutely amazing because we paid for all of our travel expenses to get to South America and to get to the port. But just having that cruise comp was phenomenal, a great opportunity. Um, that said, there are a lot of ways to decrease the cost of that. Um, for travellers who are willing to take a last minute cruise, you can kind of rock, rock up in Ushuaia, um, which is at the bottom tip of Argentina. And if you're willing to kind of rock up and just ask different cruise companies if they have a couple of spare rooms, then you can often knock a couple of thousand dollars off the price that way. Um, you do have to be a bit flexible and willing to kind of chill out for a couple of days or even maybe a couple of weeks if they don't have anything but that is a great way to go as well I have heard that as well you can just show up in the last minute you might be lucky and also if you're flexible you can just jump on but uh, still quite pricey so amazing 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 that you're able to get it um, through your blog and save literally ten thousand dollars plus which is a huge yeah, thing. It, was, it was an incredible opportunity I'm, I'm just quickly moving to put my um, phone on charge because I've just realized that the battery has flashed at me and I don't want to lose the feed. No worries. So, uh, um, uh, by the way, I'm here in Bogota, Colombia, and we're actually heading down that way. So we're going to go from Colombia to Ecuador to Peru to Chile and then Argentina. And we're, we're, seeing, we're thinking about actually seeing if we can get a blog. Uh, uh, someone just wants us through our blog, daddyblogger.com. So we'll see. Uh, if the blogging gods are in our favor and they're going to give us a complimentary tip, uh, trip. So uh, uh, which uh, company ended up sponsoring your uh, amazing trip over there? Uh, so we went with Chimu Adventures. Um, they're an Australian-based company and they're, they're actually South American specialists. So um, they do have a lot of cruises and tours through South America itself too. So if you're heading there like Galapagos Islands and Peru and all of that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, and then they're, so they're kind of South America and Antarctica specialists. So we went with them and it was really great because they kind of focus more on the adventure portion. So there were only a hundred people on the trip, um, as opposed to like catching a cruise with 500 people and you kind of have to like fight to get off the boat. Um, and you actually got to get off the boat because I guess one thing that a lot of people don't realize about Antarctica is that some cruises don't let you off the boat. It's more of like, just like a sightseeing cruise. Um, and international regulations kind of limit the amount of people allowed on land on the actual continent at one time. So, yeah, you definitely want to get on a cruise which has kind of less than 150 people. Just because, like, what's the point of spending all that money and going down to Antarctica if you can't actually physically get off the boat, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, going to a country and saying you've been there by just going to the airport. you got to actually step Yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> So what were some of the highlights of that trip? I mean, I guess taking pictures of the penguins. Uh, tell us more about the trip itself. Yeah, so um, wildlife obviously was a huge, huge draw card for us because we're fascinated by that. So penguins, seals, um, we took rubber zodiacs out and we had humpback whales that were literally within like a couple of meters of the boat. It was like they were so close that we were kind of scared that they'd like push us out and kind of force a polar plunge. Um, 
But yeah, so that and obviously the landscapes is a big draw to Antarctica and actually just getting off the boat. So stepping foot on that continent. Um, it was our seventh continent as well. So we we're very excited to kind of step foot and we took our little signs and we had a photograph and all of that fun stuff. But I guess also it's just kind of getting to a destination that's not really that a lot of other people haven't done yet because like everyone knows what Paris looks like even if you haven't been there you've seen the photos you can expect what it's going to be like but Antarctica is still one of those places that just not many people have covered so you still kind of get that feeling that you're like a rugged explorer kind of thing. Awesome uh, so you mentioned that your blog is the reason you got that amazing trip and I mean uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of other sponsored uh, trips around the world uh, through this power of blogging. So um, just to, uh, you know, for the sake of the readers, why don't you uh, share a little bit more about the blog? When did you start your blog? And what are the major themes and topics of mapping making? Yeah, so we start, I've always kind of had a blog, but back in 2007, it was kind of more of just like, mom and dad, I'm not getting too drunk in Europe. Like, I'm staying safe, promise, kind of thing. Um, so, and I've always really loved writing. I studied journalism at university. So I really loved that kind of combination, I guess, and just kind of put my writing and my travels with two passions which came together into a blog. But then, as I said, it wasn't kind of until 2013 that I really realized people were doing this professionally. Um, so I took, I threw all of my time into changing my hobby blog, which was kind of 2,000 word essays that I'm surprised anyone like read through because it was the kind of stuff like the sun is shining outside. And, yeah, um, it was very descriptive, very fluffy, very not straight to the point. Um, so I put all of my energy into kind of changing from a hobby blog to a, a professional brand. Um, so yeah, and then from 2013, kind of um, just spent the year blogging. As you know, it's one of those things where the first year of your blogging is really kind of putting all of your time in with not necessarily reaping any reward because you have to build that audience um, and you have to build your content up. So kind of focused that first year and then after that first year we started um, getting offers for complimentary trips and sponsored posts. Um, it is a full-time job though, it does take a lot of time and I think a lot of people kind of maybe underestimate that a little bit because you wear many hats, so not only are you just the content creator, you're also the photographer, and you learn website coding, which continually does my head in, um, but it's also like marketing, um, liaising with clients, responding to emails, commenting back to readers, and just staying engaged across probably like a billion different social media platforms. There seem to be new social media platforms popping up every day. Um, so yeah, it's down top of the changing technology and all of that that kind of goes with that. So it's definitely a learning curve, which I really love, but the blog is outdoor adventure, nature, wildlife, really focuses on adventures off the beaten path. Um, yeah, and it, it keeps us busy and out of trouble. So we really enjoy what we do. Awesome. So uh, tell us about the income side of things. Uh, what are the different revenue streams uh, through which you're making your income on the blog? Yeah, so um, our main, one of the biggest things with blogging is that you need to diversify your income streams because one thing could dry up. Um, so it's not like a normal nine to five salary where you have a guaranteed steady income. Um, for instance, in May, I might make um, $10,000 and then in June, I might make nothing. Um, it just really depends on what the clients are doing at the time, like how well you diversify your income streams too. So for instance, a lot of my income comes from sponsored posts and selling advertising on the blog. But then if that dries up one month, it's nice to know that I have um, affiliate marketing strategies set up, which can kind of come through as a passive income. Um, 
in those times where kind of other revenue streams might dry up. So affiliate marketing is a great way to start with your blog. It's basically um, you promote a company's product and then if someone purchases that product through your link, you get like a certain percentage. So maybe like four to 10% depending on the company. Um, yeah, and so I guess one of the biggest things is just to diversify that up and make sure that you're not kind of putting all your eggs in one basket so that if something does dry up, you can keep yourself going and you don't end up on the streets. <laughs> So uh, now that you've made it as a full-time blogger, well, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe just starting out, they're watching this interview and they're like, wow, you can actually make a full-time income blogging, tell us how, <laughs> what would you say to them? Yeah, I think the first um, thing would be to just have reali realistic expectations. Um, just because that first year, you're not going to see a lot of rewards and you are putting in a lot of work. Um, so I guess realistic expectations in that sense that you do have to put in a long haul and it is kind of a long term goal. It's not you're not going to start seeing money rolling overnight. Um, and I think that that's the reason why the majority of blogs do fail. They say that 90% of blogs kind of fail after the first year, just because they don't have realistic expectations. I think I think that people assume they can kind of put up a couple of pieces of content and then people will just instantly start flocking. Um, but they don't realize that kind of hard work and dedication behind it and that it does take a year to get yourself established um, because there are thousands of different blogs out there. But the one thing that does kind of set people apart is just outlasting everyone else. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that too because a lot of people see the dream and they think, oh, you know, uh, people are doing travel blogging, I'm going to start and I'm going to get flown around the world. But it's literally taking you, I think, like uh, you, you said at least like uh, 2007, you said, right? Yeah, so I'll, I started blogging professionally from kind of 2013, so maybe like four years, but um, 2007 was kind of when we started just kind of writing and I guess practicing. Um, so I guess practicing and honing the craft. Yeah, it definitely takes a long time, even just to build up the following, building up the brand, uh, getting yourself known. Um, any, any tips about uh, the area of press trips? Because uh, it's, uh, it's one thing to get sponsored posts and get paid for it, a whole other thing to get a press trip. So uh, any tips or advice on how you can get press trips as a blogger, who to reach out, uh, who to rub shoulders with, so to speak? Any advice there? Yeah, so with in terms of like who to rub shoulders with, it's kind of just networking mainly and like that um, process comes with building a blog. So it's kind of about, about who you know and who you network with and who you build um, strong relationships with, but that's not only companies, that's also other bloggers. So for instance, I've just been to Antarctica. Um, if Chimu Adventures asks me, hey, we really want to work with more bloggers for our South America tours and for our Antarctica tours, who do you recommend? Then I'm going to recommend people who I know do a really good job, people who are in my circles, that kind of thing. So it's also about establishing those relationships with bloggers as well and kind of surrounding yourself with the people who exude quality and the people who you kind of aspire to be, if that makes sense. Because if you surround yourself with successful, really positive people, then that does have a tendency to kind of rub off. And then, um, yeah, so I think it's about putting yourself in the right circles, but not only making yourself available to PR and media companies to reach out, but also within the blogging circles too, because it really is about networking. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, whenever I get uh, press trips or sponsored posts, and they'll be um, saying, hey, you know, uh, we're looking for other bloggers. Would you suggest them? And I have my closed knit uh, net, uh, group of, uh, they're also dad bloggers because that's what I am, dad blogger, travel blogger. And I just reach out to other dads I know, and they actually reciprocate. They do the same for me. We have a Canada-wide campaign. We're looking for bloggers in Vancouver and Toronto. Well, here you go. So I, I couldn't agree with you more about the 
Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. My um phone just completely turned off. Oh, it's all, all good. I can hear you. It's fine. Perfect. So, Megan, what's your uh, um, what's your vision going forward? You've already uh, established yourself as a full-time blogger. You've traveled around the world. You've been to all seven continents. What are some of your big bucket list items still go? Okay, you can't. You have to promise not to laugh. But I'm going to make it to the moon. <laughs> um, I figure. Yeah, I figure galactic travel is going to take off like in the next decade, and I just need to get myself in a room with Richard Branson, and I'm sure I can like convince him into putting me on as the first blogger to blog from the moon. That is definitely an amazing goal, and I wish you the best. Ned. I would love to go to the moon too. Not only seven continents, but also two planets. <laughs> there you go. I'll see if we can um, extend that invitation for a couple more seats. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> So what about uh, any other bucket list sites uh, here before you venture out to the moon? Anything else you want to still see here on Earth? We're actually focusing on um, traveling around our local area at the moment. Um, we kind of have spent the last 10 years traveling, myself and my husband, Mike, and then it's quite embarrassing when you're overseas and you say you're from Australia and then people ask for tips and where to go and they say, oh, have you been here and have you been here? And you're kind of like, um, no, <laughs> I haven't. I've spent kind of all my time traveling elsewhere but haven't really focused on my home country. So, yeah, we're really kind of starting to realize the benefit. And I guess for everybody listening at home, it's also a big money-saving tip too, um, is that local travel is still travel. Um, it's a great way to kind of get out there and experience your backyard, so to speak. Like, I figure people travel from all over the world just to visit your home state. So, like, why not us too? So, yeah, we're really focusing on travel around Australia. We've just bought a house in Tasmania, which is very exciting. So we'll be setting up a permanent base there. And Tasmania is really coming up as a big ecotourism destination. And so we're looking forward to kind of hiking and outdoor adventure and all of that kind of fun stuff. So... Yeah, local travel at the moment, and then if we have any press trip opportunities, which reach out to us. Um, so as I mentioned, we're currently having discussions about potentially heading to Borneo towards the end of the year, and that'll be fun to get into the rainforest. It's like minus nine degrees here in Australia, so I would love to get to a more tropical climate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're kind of the travel plans for just now, just kind of focusing on local travel, and then if we have international press trip opportunities. I can't seem to. I uh, can see. I can see mouth moving, but I can't seem to hear the audio. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, what I was saying is, besides your um, um, mapping making website, you have a whole other one called uh, Waking Up Wild. Tell us a little bit more about that blog. Yeah, for sure. So Waking Up Wild is my husband Mike's um, project. So I guess um, after I kind of established Mappy Megan, then he realized um, this amazing world of blogging, I guess, and the opportunities that could come from it. So his passion is wildlife photography. So he's created a website based around kind of the nature, outdoor adventure, wildlife photography side of our travels. Um, so he manages that website. And yeah, we're looking to build that up. We launched it quite recently, so a couple of months ago. And we're looking to build that up as... Um, big as we possibly can so that we have um, kind of a different outlet. Mapping Megan is very much just general adventure travel and it kind of follows everything that we do. But this site is much more niched um, to, I guess, cater to our passion for wildlife all around the world. Okay. 
Okay, so uh, uh, Megan, uh, daughter wanted to ask one question before we end the interview. She loves uh, the spotlight on our podcast too. What question do you want to ask me? Okay, ask her, ask her. What's your favorite country? My favorite country is probably Iceland. Do you know where Iceland is? No, we haven't taken we haven't taken her to Iceland yet, uh, but that's definitely high on the list as well. Tell us why you love Iceland so much. So Iceland is really cool because there are a couple of little cities, but the rest of the country is just like wild landscapes, and there are wild horses which roam, and they're really pretty. Um, so you can walk up and you can pat the horses. Um, there are also puffins, which are these really funny-looking birds. They have these; they're black and white, and then they have this like super super vibrant orange beak and they're really um really funny looking um but yeah so the wildlife in iceland is incredible and the landscapes are just incredible and even though we traveled there during peak season so it's summer which by the way the sun never sets either so there's no nighttime um during summer but then during winter it's the opposite and there's almost no daytime um but we traveled in summer so we got the midnight sun we were kind of we would turn to each other and say, oh, it's time for dinner. And then we'd look at our watch and it was like 3 a.m. And we're like, oh, like, damn, we kind of missed dinner. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was just incredible. Even though we traveled during the peak season, once you get kind of out of the cities, we rented a car, there's just really no one. And it's just you and these awesome landscapes. Um, and there are all these dramatic waterfalls and just bubbling hot springs and super green fjords. And it's just really stunning country. And you can feel like it's just you and the landscape. So that's what we really love. Awesome. Uh, you know, we we'll definitely look forward to visiting there. And to close off with Rianne said she wants one more question. What is it? What's your favorite city? My favorite city? I'm going to say Sydney because it's close to me and we get to go every weekend. We can go um, every weekend and take like little weekend trips. And there are all these fun, iconic uh, monuments like the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Sydney Opera House. And it's just a really cool vibe. Lots of people having fun, lots of people like that are friendly, street musicians, street artists. So we really like Sydney. Go. Go. What's your favorite area? My favorite animal? Yeah, this is a final kid question, but our son wants to know what your favorite animal is. Um, probably the kangaroo. Um, and that's we see it all the time so you would think i would get sick of seeing it because in australia um like they're actually road hazards like deer would be in the us you know how deer kind of come in front of cars kangaroos do the same thing in australia but they're so cute and i guess with wild kangaroos you don't want to get up too close because they're actually very very strong and powerful and they might hurt you but yeah they're like super cute and they when you watch them jump they can actually jump over like really really high fences they just like bounce See, I like kangaroos. Awesome. Hey, thanks for your time today. It was a lot of fun uh, getting to know you and about all these adventures to Antarctica, Iceland, all over the world, all solving continents. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best with your travels and with your blog and also with your uh, move to new home in uh, Tassie. Tassie. Thank you so much. And I apologize sincerely about the video. It's <laughs> technology. <laughs> hey, you know what? I just want to say something, too, because you said that. I'm actually uh, in the security room of our uh, um, stay here in 
Bogota, Colombia, because what happened is we're staying at the SOS Children's Village, and where we're staying, the internet is so terrible, I can't actually stream video and audio. So I went over here and asked the security dude over here <laughs> in English, not in Spanish, and I said, can I quickly just uh, use the internet for here? And he's like, yeah, 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 come on, come on. So we all just... I swear I would, when I'm traveling, I swear I would prefer no internet than like bad internet because at least with no internet, I can make my peace with it. But with bad internet, I just waste so much time just like frustrated and wanting to throw my computer up against the wall. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's fun though. We're here in the security box uh, doing interviews and uh, chatting with, uh, uh, with Megan and uh, with our friends on Facebook and Google Hangouts, etc. cetera. Uh, so, uh, Megan, to end off with, uh, if people wanted to find out more about your website, about your social media, maybe ask you some some questions about travel or about your blog, uh, what is the different ways by which people can contact you? So pretty much every social media under the sun you could possibly imagine, I think we've gotten ourselves across. Um, so your Facebook, Twitter, find us on Instagram, Pinterest, Google+, StumbleUpon, YouTube, Flipboard, um, all that fun stuff. And it's pretty consistent branding across the board. So just um, all of the accounts, our account name is Mapping Megan. Um, and then obviously on the blog. So if you head over to mappingmegan.com, we have all of our recent posts. I aim to publish every day where I can. Sometimes I take a day off. Um, but yeah, so we have all of our recent content. We feature a lot of guest posts as well from different authors. So have a wide range of travel content over there. So uh, make sure you check out Mapping Megan. You know, she's a wealth of info about traveling, about blogging, uh, lots of good tips there for people who are uh, wanting to uh, blog and uh, make it a full-time career. Uh, so we'll catch up with you, Megan. Thanks again for your time today from over there in the capital, Canberra, Australia. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. So th thanks for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.